Cool. Morena again. Good to see you all. Buenos dias. Como estas? Como estas? Bien? Yeah, muy bien here. All good. Cool. Hey, um, a little bit of sermon action. So, obviously, I'm talking about mums um, this morning, and I want to start by uh, telling you some... I was terrible growing up, so you've got to remember, I did a lot of bad things. Like I've said before, I lived in detention. Like, I would, at high school... Detention, detention, I just would, and I'd be so bad, I'd be bad in detention, and they'd literally call me up and just be like, really? Another month? And so I'd be another month in detention, I just lived there, right? So I did some terrible things, so feel free to judge me. So I thought I'd start by saying, probably the second worst thing I ever did to my mum, so I'm not going to tell you the worst one, because that's terrible, Um, but this is still, I think, pretty terrible. So I would have been 16, 17 and I was going through that whole rebellious stage, which kind of lasted for quite a while. Um, and I'd been away with some mates doing evil things for the weekend and came home. And mum thought that I'd been doing evil, but mum thought I'd been doing bad stuff. And she kind of got a tiny bit of what we'd been doing, but that was really bad. So she was very angry, but she didn't realize the extent of what we'd been doing. And I remember we were standing in our hallway and I came in and mum was just so angry at me for being so bad. And this is back in the day before, so you you can judge my mum. She's with Jesus, so she doesn't really care if you do. Um, this was before the whole no smacking thing. And so mum used to get real angry and she'd boot me in the bum. That was kind of her like, thing. And this is terrible. So we're standing in the hallway. I'm like 16, 17. I'm like, think I'm cool and all that stuff. Mum was just so angry and she went to kick me. And without even thinking, I just caught her foot and flipped her on her back. And so my, my wonderful mum, boom, on her back. And then it's that whole oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And then mum's lying on the ground, kind of winded, and she just says the classic line that every boy doesn't want to hear, wait till your father gets home. And you're just like, oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. I ran away. I used to run away a lot. And we lived at a camp um, out in the middle of nowhere in Matamata. And so I just boosted and went into town to a mate's house and stayed there for a couple of days until everything kind of calmed down. So turn to someone beside you and say, oh my gosh, and that's our pastor. Can you turn to someone and say, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. But luckily, um, Jesus still loves me, so it's all good. Hey, here's my first, I just got a couple of little points. Here's my first point. No matter how bad you've been, mums are always there for you. Makes sense, eh? No matter how bad you've been, mums are, um, they're always there for you. Um, I just want to say a little side thing. eh? I know, like, and I love Grant's prayer. Grant, thank you. That was such a beautiful prayer for mums. eh? I know for a lot of people, Mother's Day is awesome and exciting, but for a lot of people, Mother's Day is real hard. eh? And I just want to acknowledge that for some folks in here, for some people listening on the podcast, Mother's Day just doesn't have good memories because you grew up with a mum that wasn't the best mum. And whether it was because she was making bad decisions at that time or whether she was carrying a whole bunch of hurt from her upbringing or what. Um, and I just want to say I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's real, I'm really sorry. And in our society, we're seeing that more and more, just mums that are struggling to be the good mum that you know in their heart they want to be, but for various reasons, they're just not. So I just want to acknowledge that, eh? Um, I, I want to say as a pastor, if that's you and you carry hurt um, and bitterness towards your mum, you need to get some help, eh? Because <laughs> that will eat your soul. That'll eat your soul. So you need to find someone to pray with, maybe someone to talk through that with and try and process through that so you can kind of get to that healthier place. So I just want to acknowledge that. But hopefully for most of us in here, um, our mums were good. They did the best they could, um, even though some of us were evil. 
So I did a lot of evil things, and I was listing them down, and I was like, man, this is meant to be like a short sermon. If I tell you all the evil I did, we're going to be here all day. So two other things that I used to do, which now looking back, I'm like, that's terrible. Um, I, I loved what Annette said about um, grades, so I just did terrible at school because I was hardly ever there, or if I was, I was just living in detention. Um, and one of the best things I used to do was climb out my window all the time when I was meant to be studying. So mum would be like, you need to go and study, and I'd be like, yep, cool, go into my room, lock the door climb out my window, go to a mate's house or go into town or whatever. I did that a lot. Um, the other thing I was thinking, which is terrible now, but then it was really cool, was so I grew up at a camp that had a canteen. So a canteen with all the chocolate and, and pop and all that, you know, the Coke and stuff in it. Um, and I had a wire that I'd hidden in a broom closet. So when no one was looking, I could get the wire out and open the canteen and sneak in and then just sit in there for an hour drinking Coke and chocolate and all that. <laughs> Kind of stuff, which I don't think mum even knew, and if she knew now, she'd probably kick me in the bum, which I probably deserve. <laughs> um, but mum's always there, right? No matter what we do, our mums um, love us as best they can. What I want to do this morning is unpack a bit of Psalm 28 that TJ read for us. Thanks so much. And one of the things you can see in the psalm is that David's really wrestling. So Psalm 28 is part of three psalms that most people have put together, right? So 26, 27, 28 all have real similar themes in them. And it seems to be that something's happened in David's life. Normally, David's done something dumb, like most of us. Okay, so hands up. Who's ever done something dumb towards their mum? Everyone? Most of us? Really? I'm pretty sure some of you should have gone like this. And I'm looking at you, Simon. Simon's shaking his... Um, and it feels like when you read the psalm that David's done something dumb and he's feeling that because of what he's done, he's cut off from God. That's what it feels like. Um, so look at these. I've put the verses on the screen this morning so you can see them. Let me read this first part. Um, just the first two verses. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me. And I love this next line. For if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my, my prayer for mercies. I cry out to you for help. As I lift my hands towards your holy sanctuary, <laughs> um, it feels like David's done something really wrong, and, and he, he's, he's feeling like he's cut off from God. But as you're going to see in the psalm in a minute, he's, he's totally not cut off from God. We're, we're never cut off from God. Um, some of us in this life can do something so bad that it does end up causing a break between our relationship with our mum, right? It does. It's something that just breaks that bond that we should have. But one of the things I just love about being a Christian, one of the things you see so clearly in the psalm is there is nothing we can do that will ever break off that connection that we have with God, right? And I love how David says it right at the beginning. I pray to you. So he's thinking, I've done something wrong. It feels like God's real distant. You can see that in those words there. But I love how he says right at the beginning, I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. (laughs) And he's acknowledging, even though for him it feels like God is distant, it feels like God's not listening to his prayer, it feels like God's not a part of his life. I love how he says right at the beginning, but you are my rock. You are the core of who I am. You are the one who I must center my life on, right? I love that. I know there's a lot of people in our church struggling at the moment, right? Um, talking to Victoria, who does a lot of pastoral care with our Habla Española familia, our Spanish-speaking community family. I'm talking to Dave with Impact, Josephine, who's doing a lot with ladies. I'm running around catching up with guys. We're just like doing so much more pastoral care than ever before. Um, Just a lot of anxiety, a lot of feeling overwhelmed, a lot of struggling. Um, But one of the things I just keep hearing from people, and I keep saying to people, is that first line, I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. Um, I've talked to people whose business are in massive trouble. I've talked to people who've lost a loved one. Um, I've talked to people who 
are struggling with really, really big health stuff. And the thing that I keep hearing from them or the thing that I say to them is, in the midst of this hard thing, you must know God is your rock. He has got you in this, right? He is holding you close. And I love what David's saying. It, it doesn't feel like God is close. It feels like God is distant or disengaged. But David says, but I know the realities. He is my rock. He is my core. I just love that, right? I love that. Um, I want to say to you, do, do you know God in that way? Do you know God in that way that he is your rock, no matter what is hitting you, what the season of life, what's hitting the fan of your life? Do you have a relationship with God that's strong enough that when everything's hitting, you can say, oh my gosh, it feels like I'm getting overwhelmed. It feels like God is distant, but I know God is my rock, man. I love that. Here's a cool quote from um, Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou is a civil rights, was, she died in 2014, civil rights activist in America and a poet and a writer, um, awesome lady, and I love this description she gives of of her mum. She says, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power or the climbing, falling colours of a rainbow. Let me read that again, I love that, eh? To describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power or the climbing, falling colours of a rainbow. And I was, ref- I was reading this this week, and I was thinking about my mum, and I'm sure like a lot of you, it's like, oh, there were times when my mum felt like a hurricane, normally when I'd done something wrong, um, or she was needing to be real powerful. There were times when mums are strong, and mums are powerful. But I love that last little bit too, all the climbing, falling colours of a rainbow. Mums are beautiful, man. Mums are beautiful. Um, no matter how bad you are, mums are always there for you. But no matter how bad you are, God is always there for you. No matter how bad things are, God is a rock for you, right? Um, here's the second thing. Um, when you're hurting, there's no one better than mum. That's <laughs> a bit of an amen one, right? When you're hurting, there's no one better than mum, right? Um, I have two daughters, and I remember heaps of times when they were real little, and they got hurt or whatever, they couldn't care less about me, right? They just boo straight to mum and they wanted to hug mum. And I remember sometimes feeling really jealous of that and being like, you know, it's like, but kids just have this real tight connection with their mums. Um, One time I remember that was a real special time of connection with my mum was when I was real little, I must have been five or six, I think, I was pretty young and again lived at this camp and it had been raining, and I was climbing over a wooden fence right by our house, and it had like those wooden palings on the fence, and I was wearing gumboots, as you do out in the middle of nowhere, and as I climbed over it, my gumboot kind of slipped, and I just fell headlong down and hit the edge of this real jagged concrete. So whoever done the concreting had just kind of done that rather than you meant to make the concrete nice and good. You with me, concreters? I mean, I don't know. Um, and it was real jagged. I remember looking at it years later and just being like, wow, that's terrifying, and it just ripped the whole of my head clean open, right? So I have this cool scar that's kind of under my eyebrow. Um, just came right open, and I, um, blood everywhere, ran into the house, blood. My dad was like hardly ever home. He was always like way preaching and doing Jesus stuff. And so mum rescued me and um, told me all this later, obviously, because I don't remember any of it after falling. Um, rushed me into the hospital, and we're in Matamata, so they have a, like a little hospital in there, and they stitched me up and did all that good stuff and brought me home. And then mum did two cool things. So one, she made a nest on the couch, who remembers being little and having a nest on the couch? Do you remember that? So in my family, anyone? Just me? Wow. 
pretty, pretty hurt. Okay, thank you. Yes, good. Man, everyone else, you're fired. So in our family, when you were really sick, mum would make you a nest on the couch. So the nest on the couch meant couch with a TV. So this is going back in the day before remotes and all that good stuff. But we had a video player, which was like amazing. Um, chuck in a little video, put you in the couch when you're all sick, put blankets around you and some snacks and maybe hot chocolate. And you're just like in your nest on the couch. Anyone with me? So good? Yeah, with me? Okay, cool. You're shot, Mitch. Love you, bro. Mum made me a nest on the couch, because I was in massive pain, right? And then, that was one thing. Then the other thing was, which I always thought was hilarious, I then said to her, who's walked in the house with all that water? And you could see these massive, like, wet patches all through our lounge. And mum said, and this always makes me cry, mum said, oh, no, 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 that was me cleaning up the blood from your head. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And she told me years later the blood was, like, you know how head wounds just bleed? She said there was blood everywhere. And so she'd taken me to the hospital, brought me back, um, and then while uh, she was making the nest, or I don't even know what was happening because I was kind of out of it, um, she was down there scrubbing my blood out of the carpet. I'm like, man, um, when you're hurting, there's no one better than mums, right? Um, I love this little quote from Jody here. She's an author in America. The best place to cry is um, on a mother's arms. I love that, eh? The best place to cry is on a mother's arms. Who agrees? Anyone agree? Any men manly enough to agree? That was all woman shot, Tama. Well, the rest of you men will talk after the shot, Jordan. Oh, good. I love that. Eh? Look at the next bit of the, um, of the psalm, that middle bit. I love this. Um, verses 6 and 7. Praise the Lord. He's heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. <laughs> I love this, eh? like that, that beginning part, as TJ introduced it, the beginning part, David feels like God's miles away, and he's calling out to God, and then you hit this part of the psalm, and it's like David goes, yeah, but you weren't. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't, God. In the midst of whatever I've done wrong, you are my rock, but you are close to me. I love that, eh? You're close to me. You're, you're, you're near me. Um, I love these lines from another psalm. This is one of my favorite little verses from a psalm. Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2, it says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice. And my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Um, I, I, I get really caught up on this all the time. Because he bends down to listen, I'll pray as long as I have breath. And I, I think I've talked about this before. But this just overwhelms me when I think of the awesomeness of God, right? When I think of the awesomeness of God. So let me explain it like this. It's important to remember God is omniscient, right? He is all-knowing. God never thinks of something. Because if he thinks of something, that means he didn't know it beforehand, right? So God is all-knowing. He knows all things, right? Um, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. There is nowhere that God is not, right? Um, God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He created our planet, our everything, by just thinking the thought, right? He's all-powerful. God is eternal. He's outside of time, right? Time is, is irrelevant to God. God sees all of, our, of human history before him as if it's like a, a movie being played all at the same time, right? He knows where we are in human history, but he sees all that because he's, he's outside time. God is independent. He doesn't need anything. There's nothing that God needs to sustain him. He doesn't need human worship. He doesn't need some kind of weird sustenance. God is independent. And when I think of how awesome and incredibly powerful God is, and then I read this verse, he bends down to listen. It just blows my brain. Now, God is spirit, so we know the writer he's being metaphorical, but the reality of that just makes me always go, oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, TJ from Manawaru. Does anyone even know where Manawaru is, except for people from Manawaru? No, they don't, right? <laughs> That's true, I'm sorry. <laughs> this just blows my brains, right? 
God is the creator of the universe. Right now, he is surrounded by myriads and thousands and millions of angels worshiping him. People who have died, I believe, worshiping God right now. Just, you see it in Isaiah. You see it in Revelation. Right now, God is sustaining our universe. He is holding our universe together. He is holding you together. But yet when TJ from Manawaru <laughs> prays, you have this cool image where, and, and I always imagine it like this, where God's like, shh, everyone, stop the worship. <sighs> My daughter TJ is praying. I need to listen. I need to hear her prayer. That, this just amazes me how awesome and almighty God is. But yet when TJ from Manawaru, maybe for, from Hamilton, <laughs> Praise. When you pray, I don't, I don't know who you are, right? <laughs> when you pray, when you call out to God, God bends down, he inclines his ear <laughs> because he loves you so much. He wants to hear, right? I just love that, eh? He bends down to listen. I love it. Hey, so here's the, the last one. Mums are crazy strong. Amen? Mums are the strongest people ever, yeah? You agree? Yeah, mums are super strong. Um, what'd you say? <laughs> Weird stuff coming from the back. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we are strong. Right. Yeah. Dalwin. Um, so I'm going to boast for a minute and tell you how strong my mum. This is just one of many stories about how awesome my mum is. My mum's way stronger than you. Your mum. She'd kick your mum's butt. Okay. If there was a fight. No. <laughs> um, my mum was. So I grew up at this crazy camp, and we used to run camps in the school holidays, as you do at camps. And so there'd be about 230 kids and then about another 20, 30 uh, leaders and staff and all that kind of stuff. And mum was the administrator for the whole camp. So she'd be doing all the administration, all that kind of stuff. Um, but she also was the cook for the camp. So she did all the cooking, right? And so when you... What? Shot, an awesome cook. I was like, what are you saying, Annette? You're freaking me out. I'm going to preach over here so I can't hear you. It's terrifying me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and so one school, so um, school holidays back then, there'd be like 250-plus kids and leaders and all that kind of stuff. And mum's still doing all the admin at night. And my sisters and I joke how one of our most favorite things ever was to go to bed hearing mum typing. It was just like this smoothing sound. Mum's close, she's typing. But now I'm like, what's she doing up at like 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night typing? She should be going to bed and not working, but beside the point. Um, so these one school holidays, uh, she was eight months pregnant, as you are when you're cooking for 250-plus people. Um, eight months pregnant, and we used to run five, uh, uh, three five-week camps during the two-week school holidays. And so each one will be five days, and when one's going out, another one's coming in, so it's pretty full-on for the two weeks. And mum did all the cooking, and she said at the end of the, the two weeks, she was absolutely exhausted, like beyond exhausted. And she said she came home, we lived at the camp, she walked home from the kitchen, got in her car with her, like, ready-to-have-a-baby bag, drove straight to the little um, maternity ward in Matamata, and went in and said to them, I'm not due to have my baby, but I'm so exhausted. Can I just stay here for a few days? And at first they were like, no, you can't. It doesn't work like that. But then they saw how exhausted she was, and they were like, yeah, you can. So she ended up staying there for three days and then had the baby at the thing, which is like, what the heck? So, so my mum's stronger than your mum, so Nan and Lanette. <laughs> Um, here's those verses again. I love this. So I just want to pull these verses apart briefly. Verse 6 and 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. And my heart is filled with joy. My mum was super strong, but she couldn't protect me from anything. She could only strengthen me to a point, right? And then it's all on me, but not like that with God. I love these three key words in here. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength, man. He is the one who empowers me. 
He is the one who empowers me, right? This planet is getting harder and harder to live on. Harder and harder to live on. The stuff happening around the world in Colombia, India just falling apart at the moment. Some very scary stuff happening in the Middle East at the moment. In Israel, it's just the world is spinning out of control more and more. We need the strength of Almighty God in us, right? I love that. Here's our strength. Um, But it's not enough to just have God's strength, right? (laughs) Because the world is filled with evil people and Satan hates us. So it's not enough to just have strength. And I love what David says here. The Lord is my strength and he's my shield. And he's my shield. The Lord empowers me. The Lord is my rock, right? That's what David's saying. But he is also my protection. He is also my shield. Um, I literally think about this verse often in the evening when I might be going to bed and I'm maybe doing a little prayer to finish the day. And I often think, man, I wonder how many times today Satan wanted to take me out. (laughs) But God was literally a shield around me. I wonder how many times today some evil person intended harm for me, but God was a shield around me. God was my protection. I didn't even see it, right? I was oblivious to it. I wonder for you, how many times this week Satan has desired to have you? That's what it says in the New Testament. Satan has desired to devour you, to destroy you. But Almighty God was a shield around you, a protection around you. Man, I love that. And then that that last little sentence there, I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. He helps me. The other thing I often think about at the end of the day is, man, I wonder how many things I would have done today that I would have stuffed up. But God helped me. God totally helped me. He guided me. He sorted me through that thing. As a pastor, you end up in a lot of weird meetings with people, right? Weird meetings with people. And often I go into a meeting thinking, I've got nothing here. I don't know what I'm going to say or do or pray. And in the meeting I'm praying, before the meeting I'm praying, and often I walk out of the meeting thinking, man, I said some real smart stuff in that meeting, and I'm like, that wasn't me, man. That was God helping me, right? Helping me. I love that, eh? God is my strength. God is my shield. Um, God helps me, right? God helps me through my day. Um, mums are awesome, but God is awesomer. <laughs> God is awesomer. I want to finish with this little quote. I love this. This unknown person who wrote it. Love doesn't, uh, life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother, <laughs> Life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. I love that, eh? Um, Etu, let's all stand. Let me pray. Worship team, if you guys want to come back up. Um, just as I'm finishing, I do want to kind of... Life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. Um, but mothers are not everything, as I've been saying, right? Mothers can strengthen us to a point, but they are not the ultimate strength. Mothers can protect us from certain things, but they can't protect us from anything. Everything. Mothers can be a help, but they can't be a help in everything. But Almighty God can, right? Almighty God is our strength. He is our shield. He is our help. Now, I just pray that you have that relationship with God to that point, right? We, like David said, I've done something wrong and it feels like God is distant, but I know He's not. He is my rock. He is my strength. Oh, I just love that. Oh, let me pray for us. Yeah, kia ora Thanks for mothers. <laughs> Um, all of us in this room have a mum. We thank you for them. Thanks that they did their best uh, with, with what they had, <laughs> with where they were in life, with the situation they were in. They really did do their best for us, God. Yeah, I thank you, though, that you are way better than even mums. <laughs> thank you that you love us way more uh, than mums, that there's nothing we could do that's bad, that's wrong. <laughs> that would ever separate us from your love. Nothing, God. We thank you for the security that brings us.
the safety that brings us. And I thank you that even when we're doing dumb stuff, or not, even when this world seems to be throwing stuff at us left, right, and center, I thank you that you really are our strength. You are our shield. You are our helper, God. And I call out to you now in the name of Jesus for anyone in this room or listening on the podcast who's sitting there right now shaking their head and going, nah. Nah, the, the stuff hitting me now, it just, it, I echo with the first part of that psalm, not that middle part. It just feels like God is distant and disconnected from me. I really call out to you on behalf of those people that, that you would do the middle part now, that they would realize that you would open the, the eyes of their soul to see that you are not far. You are close. You are their strength. You are their shield. You are their help, and they need to come closer to you, God. It's always us who moves. It's never you, God. Thank you for mums, but thank you for you, almighty God. Thanks for your undeserved kindness that you pour out in, into our souls day after day after day. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.